Welcome to Punk Goes Pod, the internet's only podcast that chronicles Fearless Records' Punk Go series to answer the age-old question, hell yeah or yeah nah. How are you? I am well. I am already sick of hearing my voice again for this week, but that's okay. (laughs) And I'm also deeply uncomfortable because I'm wearing a bra that is at least one size too small. Um, Before we get into like the episode, it should not be hard to hit up, like, a giant department store and be like, yo, are you guys doing bra fittings at the moment? Nah, it shouldn't be. Um, but so, I'm learning, I'm finding out that it, <laughs> that it is. So, yeah, I've, today, one of the key tasks I got off, crossed off my list was sliding into Maya's DMs on Twitter and just asking, hello. You had to go through their DMs on Twitter. And I still haven't heard anything. I called their customer service number and it hung up three times, like, after it had been directed to, like, the correct department. How hard must it be for someone with boobs to just ask a basic question? This is... This is my, um... What's the word? This is my struggle. Personal hell? Yeah, all that too. But no, this is... This is the baggage I'm carrying with me. This week, and I'm not talking about my boobs, I'm talking about (laughs) the struggle of just, can someone help me with fitting them? I would say that you're not making a mountain out of uh, molehills. I would say you're making a mountain out of boobs. We are talking about Jane's Addiction with their song, Mountain Song, as covered by Sparks the Rescue for Punk Goes X. We are we are in X Games mode this week. It's the X-rated version of Punk Goes. Oh my god. Oh my god. <laughs> oh my god, he on X Games mode. You definitely need to put a clip of that. Oh, yeah, well. So before we get into Also, how are you? Well, I was going to Oh, okay. Before I get before we get into talking about Jane's addiction. Um so today was my first proper day in the city, even though like we live about only like 7 kilometers away from the city. Yes. And I do have a story to tell about my excursion to the city today. Wonderful. Do tell. I saw a, a gentleman in a shirt. Mm-hmm. Uh that's pretty standard. It was an all-over print shirt. Yep. So it's already off to a just great start. Yes. Chef's kiss. All-over print. Can't go wrong. It was an all-over print shirt depicting the American flag Okay. all the fuck over. And then from what it looked like on the back. So it was... Oh, no. On the back, it was a, a detailed rendition of what a lot of white Christians and Catholics think Jesus Christ looks like, even though he probably wouldn't have looked like that 2000 years ago, but I digress. It's an accurate, it's, it's, it's a detailed rendition of Jesus Christ, but it looks like he's like pulling through the stripes. (laughs) Like they're, like they're jail bars. Oh no. Uh, 
And then on the sleeve, it had like the cross that the Crusaders used to use on their shields. So I have no idea what this shirt fucking represents, but like in Melbourne, Australia, Melbourne, Victoria, Australia, a guy wearing an all over print American shirt with Jesus all the fuck over the back on that shirt. Just, and I was doing the thing of like walking and like, as I'm walking, I'm still looking at this guy like... (laughs) Just uh, astounded by yeah. this shirt. It that that's the kind of shirt that asks more questions than it answers. Like why? Yeah. Why did why did you? I like. I'm going to go ahead and do a quick character profile. I'm going to assume that they did attend the anti-vax and anti-lockdown Ooh, rallies. Yeah, probably. Because I'm going to go ahead and say they are like into QAnon bullshit. Yeah, which would again speak volumes as to why. An Australian is wearing a shirt with American propaganda on it. I would say as well, this is possibly someone who wanted a MAGA hat. Yeah. But didn't know how, doesn't know how to use the internet. <laughs> but knows a Harley Davidson shop nearby. This is true. Where he, where he can buy as much just tacky shit as he wants. Yeah. While we're on the topic of MAGA hats, I hate people who do, like, parody MAGA hats that are, like, on the right side of politics. It's still a MAGA hat. Wait, do you mean, do you mean right-wing politics or on the correct side? Oh, correct. Sorry. Yeah. Whoops. That was... Yep. But, like, yeah, make Donald Trump crap again. Yeah. Or it's just like, you're still wearing a red yeah. hat with the iconic text, font, whatever. You, your joke has not landed properly. I will say the only... One that I think was good mm. and is worthy of uh, parody and being sold is the one that just simply said, make red hats great again. That's true. Yeah. But again, like I, I'm afraid, I regret to inform everyone that red hats are cancelled and we just have to be okay with that. Yeah, see, the, at one point, like, Fred Durst, yeah. I'm not going to say made them cool, but it was like... And then he inexplicably stopped and started wearing a toupee. But like, <laughs> I guess, I guess you wouldn't be able to see the toupee under his red hat. But like, That's true. yeah, I don't know. I don't know if that was, there was a correlation between those two things. So who knows? Um, I do also want to, I, I don't know, I guess make an apology. If you listen to last week's episode, <laughs> whoa, um, at some point, and thank you to Dan from Sadie Hawkins Pod for yes. bringing this to our attention. QC Department uh, of the Pod. Yeah, quality assurance. Um, it's it. I, I I'm certain it got exported and uploaded properly. But if you listen to a version where there was no music, then I apologise. We have fixed the issue. We've re-uploaded. It took two uploads for me yeah. to get it right last night. To be fair, you were doing it at like nine thirty at night. Yeah. Which is well past our bedtime these days. <laughs> it was just, I, I uploaded it without, oh, I did something wrong. Um, and then I uploaded it again when I, after muting our, just us talking. So you would only have like a minute of music. <laughs> We're going to start like releasing vinyls of each isolated track. And then you have to do like a Pink Floyd and like play them yeah. all at once. Yeah. That would be amazing. I did... I'm sitting out in the darkness trying to upload this episode. It's hot. And I'm just like, couldn't they just listen to both of these versions at once? Why is it so difficult? Yeah. <laughs> Look, we, we've we been coddling you guys for too long. It's time for you to just buckle up and simultaneously play a couple of tracks. We'll, we'll, turn, this into an, we'll turn this podcast into an ARG. A what? An alternate reality game. Oh. You Like, they're mostly, like, done through, like, you'll... Like, it's through, like, YouTube series. It's mostly horror as well. Mm-hmm. It's, like, a YouTube series. And then you'll, like, have to find something in, like, the description that will then lead you to something else. That right. Will, yeah. Okay. But anyway, I digress. Um, so, as we said, this is for... This is Mountain Song is for Punk Goes X, which mm-hmm. this is our first... I'm very excited. 
I'm very excited to I'm, get extreme. I'm glad you are, because I am quite neutral on the subject. I did I did write a little fact about this. Mm-hmm. Uh, Fearless Records collaborated with the 2011 Winter X Games. Ten years ago. Putting forth Punk Goes X for the event. <laughs> the majority of the songs came from Punk Goes Classic Rock and Punk Goes Pop 3, with the exception of two cover songs. Mountain Song being one of the two covers for the event. So thankfully we only have one other X song to do for this. We have discussed a few of the songs that were on there, but we've we've linked them back to their original yeah. cover albums. Yeah, I don't really consider this like a canon album. It's sort of like the clip show of Fearless Records. What's well, but- a deleted scene? Yeah, true. Uh, but I, I figure if we are going to do the Japanese covers, That's then true. we can do this. Absolutely. Yeah. So. Unless we just cover all those tracks again. And then I discovered that I think, I think they have done another Christmas album that's not called Punk Goes Christmas. It's like a Christmas album that they've, they've gotten Fearless Records artists to do their own original songs. Yeah. But because, because they're not cover songs, we don't have to do them. Because, uh, yeah, um, <laughs> fellow pod reminiscent FM, I think they are, um, they were talking about it on Twitter and so I was like, you rang? Um, <laughs> but, yeah, shit, maybe we need to practice what we preach and just, like, belt out that album's worth of songs just to say we did it. I don't know. Patreon, I guess. Yeah, that's a good point. That could be a good Patreon episode. But anyway... Jane and Her Addiction yes. uh, formed in 1985. Jane and the Addictions. Jane and the Addictions from Los Angeles, California. Mm-hmm. The band formed after frontman Perry Farrell was searching for a bassist to join his post-punk outfit, Psycom. He met Eric Avery and the pair bonded over their appreciation for the Velvet Underground and Joy Division. So every teenage music head, male, in... History ever from that time. Yeah, I didn't look into, I didn't look into Perry Farrell too much, but I think he was already like in his mid twenties by then, right? Because um, he's like he's almost like ten years older than than Dave Navarro. So, mm-hmm. uh, so anyway, um, the band's name came from Farrell's former housemate Jane Banter. His girlfriend suggested Jane's heroin experience, but Farrell wanted it to be more vague, stating, if you want to invite people in, you don't put heroin on your door. I mean, Just like my mum always used to say. <laughs> I mean, if if you want, you know, heroin addicts in there, then yeah, you do put heroin on the door. But... Exactly. <laughs> what a weird thing to say. I think it's like, of course, like, it makes sense, I guess, if you're on the other side of the fence, but... Just the casual, like, ha, oh, you should you should name it after the fact that I'm addicted to this really debilitating drug. Or not not I am, the fact that your roommate is. That's what I, yeah. like, my girlfriend, or like, I'm picturing being Jane and being like, ha, oh, you should name it this. Yeah. After the substance that appears to have ruined my life. Yeah, I wonder how she felt when she found out that they'd named the band after her and her addiction. Well, she suggested it. No, she didn't. It was his girlfriend, who was yeah. not Jane. yeah. No, no. Oh, he was living with Jane, but he had a girlfriend. I thought the girlfriend was Jane. Sorry, I didn't write the girlfriend's okay. name. That's fine. Um, I hope Jane is okay. Surely there's been some band names that have some form of drug in their name. Or maybe that was more like a 90s thing. The only oh, band I'm, I'm sure there absolutely has. The only band I'm thinking of is Opiate for the Masses, and I never listened to them anyway, so I wouldn't be able to tell you what they were like. But Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so the best thing to happen to the band occurred when drummer Stephen Perkins suggested his friend Dave Navarro join on guitar. Fuck yes. So the band split in 1991, but before they officially called it quits, they went on a North American tour, which was the launch pad for the first Lollapalooza. Sick. Yeah. And I did have a look at the, at the first year's Lollapalooza, like the, the lineup. Uh, so the bands of the first year included Jane's Addiction, of course, Living Colour, Nine Inch Nails, Body Count, mm-hmm. Roland's Band, and The Violent Femmes, amongst others. Cool. Uh, Dave Navarro would join the Red Hot Chili Peppers in 1993 until he was, until he was fired from the band in 1998. Do we know why he was fired? I didn't really say, but at some point, like, 
uh, Jane's Addiction reunited and Flea was doing like the re, like the reunion shows on base. Oh. So like, I don't know if necessarily there were bad feelings, yeah. but okay. I would have had to have gone through probably the Red Hot Chili Peppers Fair. Wikipedia page and. Yeah, you don't need that. Nah, that's fine. I'm, I'm, t- it's too much Anthony Kiedis. Uh, so he played guitar on the album One Hot Minute. Jane's Addiction would reunite at the 2001 Coachella Festival, and they've they've been one of those groups that have sort of gone on hiatus, gotten back together, recorded a new album, yeah. done some shows, gone on hiatus, done their own thing. Uh, but like, it seems like since then they've pretty much like I don't know, they're pretty affable or whatever. Yeah. Um, so I did see that. I think one of the one of the sticking points or one of the things that was really driving a rift between the band was I can't remember who the other two members were, but basically Dave Navarro wasn't doing drugs and Perry Farrell was, and oh. that was causing quite a, yeah. quite a bit of a rift. I, as someone who, who has also, well, I don't know if Dave has never done them, probably not, but like as someone who doesn't do drugs, I think there's probably a reason why I'm not mates with people who constantly do drugs. I reckon, I reckon hardcore and kinky sex is his drug. <laughs> like just, just like the wildest shit. Like he, yeah, I think for him, he gets high on life. Like we watched so many seasons of <laughs> the, the competition show Ink Master. And I think like by like season two or three, I think the, we were just more enjoying Dave Navarro. Ah, it's yeah, it's just the Dave Navarro hour for us. Then, th- especially considering I think um Nunez and the oh, other guy Oliver Peck, Peck are two apparently yeah. they're quite shit house in yeah. real life. They I, I allegedly think they've been accused of like sexually oh, harassing girls shit. on the show, and it's like of course Dave Navarro's name isn't in there in there because he's probably a all right person. Yeah, he probably understands consent. He, he might have some weird political views because, like, he supported Mitt Romney in the 2012 election and performed at the RNC, (laughs) but then, but then has in later years come out more as a libertarian and, Mm. like, has uh, shown support for, like, a number of, like, Democratic uh, candidates. I think Mark Hoppus at one point was like, yeah, I'm a libertarian. Everyone was just like, get fucked, Mark. <laughs> I think it's one of those ones where it's just like, I don't want to talk about it, so I'm just going to say I'm a libertarian. I do feel like libertarian is code for I don't understand politics or I'm not engaged in politics. Yeah. Which I used to very much state like, oh, I, I'm not, I don't get into politics. And it's like, that's because at the time I thought I wasn't overly affected by politics when that's not the case. Yeah. I think as soon as you become a fully realised human, you go, oh, shit, this affects my day-to-day. Yeah. It's, vote. Yeah, yeah. Get out. And especially for us, we have to vote. Because mm. if you don't, if it's found out that you haven't voted, you get fined. You do. Which means that people go and fucking vote. Oh, man. <laughs> but, yeah, that's... I. It doesn't surprise me that he's sort of all over the shop. He just he just kind of vibes. He's That's just, my opinion. He's just a weird person because like like I shouldn't say weird, fascinating. Yeah. Like I would love to spend a week. I would love to live with Dave Navarro for a week. <laughs> like just to get to know who this person is. I would like I, to take him out for coffee and I think that's about all I would need. I'm sure I would probably have to like endure listening to him playing guitar for probably That'd be my full-time job, so I'd have to listen to it for, like, eight hours a day. But, like, he has stuff like his tattoos. Like, he has the Leviathan cross, which is basically considered the real Satanist cross tattooed on him. He has 666 tattooed on his hand. (laughs) Is he a Satanist? I want to know if he is a Satanist, because that would be dope if he is. Yeah. Uh, Like, he... I guess in that sense, that's where the slightly libertarian stuff would come into play, of, Mm. like... You can do what you want for yes, yourself. Yes, yes. And that's that's very much what... The Satanic Temple. The Satanic Temple preaches is worship yourself. Yeah. And what you want to do. And so, yeah. Um, also, like, he's hosted the Adult Video <laughs> Awards so many years in a row. What a, honestly, like, he just sounds great. I know. 
And then and then we were just watching that like the finale to that season of Ink Master and he's like getting hung up by hooks. Oh. <laughs> Remember that? He's just standing there and then like it pans out and he gets like swung. Oh, oh no. Like the hooks are attached so to his back. <laughs> like it's so impressive but also so upsetting. It's so bad. I hate it. I I hate it. Just yeah. no. Just fucking stop. But anyway, would you like to tell us about Mountain Song? Sure. <laughs> so Mountain Song was the second single from Jane's Addiction's 1988 debut, I think. Yeah. Um, Nothing's Shocking. Uh, the song was written by the band in 1985 before they even had a name. Before they even noticed Jane had a problem. Oh, poor Jane. <laughs> um, the song slash album was produced by Dave Jordan, who has... Well, did produce the likes of Dirt by Alice in Chains, Hang Ups by Goldfinger, and Americana by The Offspring, a classic. Mm-hmm. Uh, the song was ranked number 71 on VH1's list of greatest hard rock songs, number one being Welcome to the Jungle by Guns N' Roses. Sure. Yeah. Um, there was not really billboard charts or anything for this song. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, what do you think of it? I barely remember it from hearing it half an hour ago. I literally have that on a Sunday afternoon. Is that Pearl Jam? Uh, Stone Temple Pilots, isn't it? That is Stone Temple Pilots. That's all. (laughs) No, is it? Yeah, I don't know. It's either. See, that again, uh, what's his name? Scott Wayland and Eddie Vedder kind of have. Well, they they had the, the, the grunge voice. Yeah. Um, yeah. Mountain song. Uh, if you don't like the sound of then you're not going to like this song because that is 95% of the song. Yeah, like it's fine. It's just very much a product of its time. Interstate love song. Interstate love song, yes. Yeah, so Stone Temple Pilots. So that's, <laughs> for some reason, that's what I equate with Mountain Song. <laughs> like they're a really interesting band because... Their popularity was... Uh, granted, I feel like their popularity was basically after they had split up. Yeah. But they're sort of in that time frame of the, like, grunge movement. Yeah. But they're not a grunge band. And they've they've stated as such that they're an alternative rock band. Yeah. And with things like, like, Dave's virtuoso guitar skills and Perry Farrell's, like, Really interesting kind of voice. Like, he has a, a quite a high sort of yeah. timbre to his voice. It's, they definitely don't fit into grunge, although they look grungy. Um, yeah, like, I guess they sort of do fit more into the mould of, like, Red Hot Chili Peppers or Faith No More, that yeah. sort of thing. Um, but, like, whenever I think of Jane's Addiction, I my mind goes to bands like Stone Temple Pilots yeah, and Alice in Chains. Exactly. For some reason. I think that's, like, it's part of that, yeah, that sort of pool of very similar sounding acts and this song isn't unique enough to jump out at me. It's very, it's very droning. It's very, not droning, but, like, well, it kind of does. It sort of, it does this kind of same thing to sort of, like, really bury itself into your yeah. brain. But for you, it did the opposite. Yeah. It pushed it out of your brain. <laughs> like Homer taking that wine class and getting out of drive, wine tasting, and how. <laughs> What's the one where it's like, where it's like, I, ca- I can only hold so many things in my brain. And it was like the last time I learned something new, I forgot maths or something. That's probably a Simpsons joke. I, I don't thought know. that was the like last like when I did that wine tasting class, I forgot how to drive or something like nah, that. Nah, but like there is that as yeah. well because of course he's drunk. <laughs> but um, and how? And um, how? <laughs> that's. I feel like that's just how my brain works these days. Like I'm just sort of, yeah. I have to remember one thing at the expense of something else. Yeah. And so this didn't make the cut. <laughs> Fair enough. Like, it's a perfect example of a fine song. Yeah. And and as we will find out throughout the rest of the episode, there's not a hell of a lot you can do to this no. to, to change it up to make it interesting. It's – so, like, I showed you the song Being Caught Stealing. Yes. Another Jane's Addiction song, which I feel like 
there's much more room to to experiment with it yeah. and, and change things up a little bit uh, and put your own spin on things. Whereas this one, it's it's four chords and yeah. and like the chorus is a bit different. Like it's a bit softer, comes in a bit lighter. Yep, I guess, but it's it's fine. Like. If if I keep talking about it, it's going to end up being like the song where it's just sort of drones on. Well, now that I've I have re- I'm looking at the lyrics and yep. now I can remember the melody of the hook at least, so that's good. I think like I guess it to me it's just a bit of a nothing song because it's literally just like everybody has their own opinion. Yeah. The end. It's just like yes. Yeah. That is correct. What's that got to do with mountains? Well, it's just, like, I sort of take it to be, like, kind of biblical or, like... Oh, yeah. Like, coming down the mountain, one of many children, everybody has their own opinion. But then it's like, I I was coming down the mountain, met a child man, she had pin eyes. It's like, okay. (laughs) We had the same opinion. (laughs) I just, yeah, to me, like, it's just kind of a a whacked out kind of song. It's just like, yep. But a child, man, she had pit eyes. Yeah. It's like, what the fuck? Um, <laughs> fucking weird. Cause like, wasn't it? Moses came down the mountain with, the, with yeah. the commandments and like, I'm taking it in the X games mode version <laughs> yeah. of like literally coming down the mountain, shredding some powder. Dave Navarro on a snowboard. <laughs> Dave Navarro's pro snowboarder. <laughs> yeah. And, Encountering a kid with pin eyes. I, I which is a bit mean. I, I uh, if if it wasn't for the fact that you were muted, I would have interrupted your very important work meeting just before <laughs> to alert you to the fact that there was a it didn't go to air, but uh, there's a pilot for a TV show called Grounded with Dave Navarro, <laughs> and it was an M- it was an early two thousands MTV joint, and. It was basically he goes to back to live with his parents so that he could look after his two brothers. And it's reality. It's a reality show. Yep. But his two brothers are like 10. How old was he when he did this? Like 2000 and 2000 and like probably three. So he's probably like, he's probably like 30 Jesus. or uh, not 30. He's probably, he's probably in his 30s or even 40s at that point because his dad remarried. Gotcha. Okay. So. I don't know if his stepmom is like a yeah, lot younger than him, but, but yeah. So he has these two brothers that he's got a babysit because his wife at the time, Carmen Electra, <laughs> wants to have children. Yes. And it's just like, you can tell throughout so much of this. He's, his mindset is, I have to be different. I have oh, to be, no. I have to be different to everyone else. Cause I did watch a good five minutes of it. <laughs> I did, sure. I did watch a good five minutes of it. And look, I would probably watch a series of Dave Navarro just trying to come back into normal society and being like, wait, how do I get a driver's license? Yeah, just like, oh, Dave, I'm really hungry. Hang on, I just need to get off these And that's that's one of the things is, what do I cook for these boys? That's sick. (laughs) I would watch that. Like, he, so, like, he, he doesn't pick up his, the middle brother, but like he comes home and he's like, "Oh hey, do you want to play video games?" And I get the feeling that maybe Dave isn't like the most present older brother. Yeah. And like he's like he's saying to Dave, he's like, "Do you want to play video games?" And he's like, yeah, "Maybe, <laughs> maybe." <laughs> and then the the brother's like, "Oh, I've only got one working controller." And he's like, "Oh, okay." Amazing. <laughs> I that is exactly what I'm like with kids, and so I am going to watch it now purely as. Inspo. I mean, there's one episode, so like it takes 20 minutes. Oh, is that all? Yeah, it didn't get oh, aired. Oh no! It, there was a there was a there was an unaired pilot. Ah, oh, see, for some <laughs> reason, I read I heard pilot, and for some reason, just well, assumed like, that every show has a pilot, but it's whether or not it, it takes off oh, or not. So man. I don't know why I I brought this up. I just I found it and got so excited because <laughs> I was I was like, surely he's done a cribs. Yeah. And on YouTube, at least, there was no cribs. But I found this, and this was pretty great as well. So, and, oh like, God. when I looked up Dave Navarro cribs, the only one that came up was Travis Barker cribs. So. Oh, but I, I didn't watch that. Yeah. Because <laughs> you'll probably want to talk about cars 
Yeah. It's just like, here's my Chevy and here's my other Chevy. Travis, I don't give a shit about cars. <laughs> All right. I don't give a If you have a drum room, if you have a room of just drums, then cool. This room is a drum. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's, yeah, Mountain Song. It's fine. I kind of wish they'd done being caught stealing instead. But look, I understand that in the context of this is an X Games album, you need to make a kind of hardcore. Well, it's just that perfect sort of nothing song. So you can sort of pin whatever you want onto it. This would be the perfect song for like highlight packages yeah. and that sort of thing. So, like... Like, I'm picturing, like, NRL or, like, whatever the... F- not NRL. Or, or snowboarding, <laughs> I yeah. guess. What's the equivalent of, like, just football? American oh, NFL. Fo- NFL. Gridiron or whatever. Like, yeah. fucking... Or, like, hockey or something. Yeah. Like... This is, this is playing as, as something more exciting is happening visually. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and you just need that little bit of, like, kind of a harder... So- like... Yeah, well, you sort need of like, that sort of just the backbeat, like, da, 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 yeah. like, it's perfect. Yeah. It's just sport bro songs. It kind of is. Music. I I wish we got the X Games over here. I'm sure I could YouTube it, but... I uh, yeah. Let's talk about Sparks the Rescue. Sure. So, Sparks the Rescue. Uh, this is our second time actually discussing the band. They covered the Lady A song. Mm-hmm. Uh, what was that song called? Is it Need You Now? Need You Now. Uh, but because we did that episode a while ago, I did figure maybe we can put in some facts. Okay. Just so, like, it was at least in our last house. So, sure. that feels like a long time ago to me, so I'm sure that feels like a long time ago for the fans. Or the listeners. I don't, I don't think we have fans. So they, <laughs> they formed in 2005 from Portland, Maine. Mm-hmm. Uh, the band formed when three high school bands, Poser, Shot of April, and Two Girls Later, would Ugh. converge. In 2013, Sparks the Rescue announced the Taking the D tour with uh-huh. opening act uh-huh. Kingsfoil. This is important because Frankie Muniz of Malcolm in the Middle fame, <laughs> drums for Kingsfoil. That's the only reason why I put that on there, because I was like, oh, Frankie. I don't know if it's just an urban legend, but apparently, like, Frankie Muniz was in, like, some sort of accident, and so his long-term memory is kind of fucked. Like, Fuck. apparently he doesn't remember anything about being on Malcolm in the Middle. What? And, yeah, that kind of blows my mind. Could you imagine that, the like, the most pivotal... Like moments in your life, and I'm sh- I'm sure that like he's probably married and whatnot, and that's probably great and all. But like Malcolm in the Middle was huge; it yeah. was a huge moment for him. Yeah, and he got to do Agent Cody Banks because of it. <laughs> you know, Hillary Duff was in one of those movies, I think. Yeah, maybe. But like, could you imagine? I imagine it's not this bad, but like, oh hey, Malcolm, who? Well, just yeah, like I reckon. Hang on, I'm going to just Google it real quick. But yeah, that kind of blew my mind when I heard it because I imagine it would be a case of like a lot of those anecdotes would be sort of those memories that we think we have, but we have them because someone told us about yeah, them. Yeah, yeah. Like, oh yeah, apparently I did this thing. Uh, I remember because he, he definitely turned 16 during Malcolm's run. Yeah. And so like... Of course, at that point, he was also a mega millionaire and he, he, uh, had bought like one of the cars from the Fast and the Furious. Yeah. 
Yeah. So it was kind of funny to be like, to watch Malcolm in the middle, watch him being this dorky kid, but he also has a, you know, silly car from a silly car movie. Yeah. So apparently, where are we? Muniz has suffered from nine concussions in his life. So that's bad. What Um, is he doing to get nine concussions in his life? The first one happened at age seven when he was playing goalie in a soccer game. Then in 2012, he had a mini stroke and then he had a second attack less than a year later. Jeez. And so, yeah, apparently his wife, I reckon by now, Paige Price, helps him by writing down things they do together in a journal, which is quite cute. Um, But yeah, that's terrifying. (laughs) Jeez. But then, like, I know. Like, my memory is terrible, but that's just because my memory is terrible. Um, That's got to be, like, next level. Like, what the fuck? Um, Although, I don't know, he is also responsible for that excellent tweet where someone was like, oh, like, (laughs) you were Malcolm and Malcolm in the middle. Like, what have you done lately? It's it's just like, how bad would you feel being Frankie Muniz and and having Malcolm in the middle as your legacy? Go on. And then I can't remember the word, but he was like, oh, yeah, like, it feels pretty great. Like, I have, like, millions of dollars. Well, he said it was basically, I got to retire at 18. (laughs) And you're still, like, a wage slave or something. uh, You're, like... Or, like, have fun living in your mum's basement. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's like, on. it was basically like, yeah, I got to retire at a stupidly young age. Cause I think by the end of Malcolm, he was, he had made like $40 million or something ridiculous yeah. just from that alone. I'm sure Agent Cody Banks and Big Fat Liar also made him a good chunk of change. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, that one was, uh, I want to see, I want to see him play like, BJ Novak's uncle in something because I reckon he looks like Ryan yeah, from The Office. Yeah, <laughs> that would be good. Oh, apparently he and his wife bought an olive oil shop. They make their own olive oil. Oh, that's pretty delightful. And he crowdsources destination weddings. Oh, oh. That's he could, so nice. He could crowdsource our destination wedding. Yeah, shit. He could have a destination wedding. Apparently his Twitter is like excellent as well, outside of that one tweet. Punko's pod should follow him. I know, I'm surprised I by don't punk, already. By Punk Ghost Pod, I mean you. <laughs> yeah, on my personal account. I don't know, I feel like those Agent Cody Banks movies were like the pop punk of movies, probably. Yeah, yeah. Like, I would be shocked if there was no bowling for soup on any of those movies. <laughs> How many is- did they make? Was it like two? Uh, probably. Let's just say probably. <laughs> I don't know. Are you still trying to find that tweet? I am, but instead I found one from October 20th, 2010. Almost hit Megan Fox with my car today and sat next to Fabio at lunch. Not to mention, I still can't believe it's not butter. <laughs> <laughs> ah, Jesus. Because I think Fabio was in the, I can't believe it's not butter ads. Gotcha. Okay. Um, we're pulling for you, Frankie. And, and your olive oil. Um... What do you think of Sparks the Rescue's cover? Well, it's exactly the same as the Jane's Addiction song. Yeah. The singing's a little bit different. This yeah. is this is this is one of those songs, this is one of those covers that's just exactly the same as the original. Yeah. Um so nothing really did they didn't really change the Lady A song much either, did I they? I think so. They did a pretty poppy version of that as well, didn't they? Yeah. I yeah, so. maybe they're just good chameleons. Yeah. Like, good at sort of coming in and, and doing a pretty pretty faithful rendition of a song. But, like, it's, again, kind of a hard spot to be in because, as we mentioned, this feels like a song that would be really hard to to throw some creative flair onto. Yeah. Not, I'm not saying the song's not creative. I'm saying the song is... Well, it's just very stock standard. It's very, yeah, very hard to, to do something different with it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's 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 fine. I'm sure... I'm sure they're Jane's Addiction fans. I'm sure this was cool to do this, especially considering it was for X. Yeah. I can't get over that. <laughs> I won't get over that. 
I don't know why it's so exciting to you. I don't know why. I just think it's dope that Fearless Records got to do something for the Winter Olympics. Or the Winter X Games, I mean. Not the Winter Olympics. Because isn't X Games something to do with, like, the Commonwealth Games or something? No, no. X Games is, like, it's skateboarding and... Ah, okay. It's... I don't know what that's in conjunction with Red Bull, maybe. Ah, well then... Rock, okay, rock star makes, energy. That makes more sense, <laughs> yeah. I guess. Yeah, it's not. It's not like it's prestigious or anything, but ah, oh. yeah. That's why. That's why it's like on the vine. It's a skateboarding guy yeah, who's yeah. on X Games mode. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Let's talk about the two other covers. Let's do it. So I picked the first one purely for one reason and run, one reason only, and that was for you, for your benefit. For Bert McCracken's cameo. So this was one of those ones that came out last year during pandemic when there would be like a whole bunch of different musicians in their houses doing a cover song. So, so it would either be like members of the one band just in their respective houses or like, like Goldfinger were doing. Or like different groups would form like a super group of sorts. Yep. So they called themselves like the quarantine heroes or some shit. Yeah. Like you saw uh, like um I think Metal Injection were doing a, a lot with metal musicians. Uh yep. the YouTube series Two Minutes to Late Night. That's right. We're yeah. doing this as well with a lot of like metal and rock musicians. So this is Members of Limp Biscuits so was Wes Borland from mm-hmm. Limp Biscuit, uh, Three Eleven, Veruca Salt. It's the drummer from In Flames. Um, I think it's Brian Kelleher from Mastodon. Mm-hmm. Uh, the lead singer of Filter, and of course, one Bert McCracken coming in live from Sydney, Australia. So which I was, still tickles me for some reason. So I was like, oh yeah, this is a bit more of an international one because In Flames is Swedish. And then I was like, oh, yeah, and they would have to go to Sydney. And you were like, oh, it's Bert McCracken in this yeah. one. I was like, <laughs> That's, like, the only fact I know about him, really, is he lives in Sydney now. <laughs> he lives in... Do you, do you think he's a citizen? Uh, I don't He'd know. He'd have to be, wouldn't he? Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. Well, maybe he doesn't have to be, but, like, you can have dual citizenship. It'd be so sick to just be walking down the street in Sydney and just be like, oh, hey. I think he picked the wrong city. Like, he should have moved to Melbourne, but... Yeah, you his, know. his lockdown experience would have been much nicer, though, in general. Yeah, because they don't care. Yeah, anyway, we're not, <laughs> we're not here to talk about that anymore. But uh, uh, his appearance is very cute because it's him and his daughter. Yeah, very wholesome. Um, He just seems like a very wholesome dad now. The dude from, was it In Flames or Mastodon, who just has, like, a framed photo of himself on his mantle? Yeah, yeah. I'll say this uh, to the lead singer of Filter, that camera is too close to your face, my friend. I do like that you can see the um, ring light rings in his eyes. Yeah, though. I I don't. I don't like cameras that close to your face, and especially if you're doing something uh, very interpretive as singing. Interpretive? No, not interpretive. Uh, taxing on your face as singing. Ah, yeah. gotcha. Okay. Um, this is fine. I like um, it, though. Like, there's enough happening here to make it more interesting to me than the original, and that's possibly just because it of... Like, it's a given that that would happen going by the format of this. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's cool. Like, it it, it, it does, you're right, like, because it, it has the thing of, like, three different singers come in at different times. Yeah. So it's like, oh, okay, who's this? And so, like, I can't remember her name, but the lead singer of Veruca Salt. So, like, you will have, like, a woman coming in and, and doing vocals. And then this is, this is maybe a song that doesn't necessarily, uh, 
for any like musical reason need three guitarists, no. but for the story of it, I guess, or for yeah. like to say, hey, we had Wes Borland and Brian Callagher from Mastodon, yeah, doing a song together. Like, I mean, of the three of them, I'm glad that they have Wes Borland bringing his Adobe After Effects skills. And, to the mix, and he's being, table. and he's he's being weird as well because he's Wes Borland, yeah, and he can't not be weird. He also like, had some pretty sick like cutouts in his beard happening. I reckon those are fake. Oh what? Yeah. Why? Why would you stick on fake beard bits? Why would? Why would he do the whole? Why would he do his whole getup? Because he's Wes Borland. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, why wouldn't he take the extra effort to shave in bits? Because he might... I, I don't think Wes Borland has a beard. Ah. To be perfectly honest. Well, this just took a turn. But, like, I... A Bill Callagher from Mastodon. Sorry, not Brian Callagher. I was getting him confused with the other member of the band, Brian Taylor. Um, I did say to you, hey... He got to enjoy 20 years of being the weird one. Now Fred Durst has that mantle of being the weird one. Yeah. Oh, no, he did have that stupid... He had a chin strap beard, didn't he, at one point? Yeah, he's Pro- had a beard of some description. Oh, maybe, maybe he did shave bits I, into his beard. I just... Yeah, why wouldn't you? Because he's going for a gag thing, I guess. It looks funny. But I feel like he takes his appearance in a way that is... Like, seriously, that he wouldn't be taking the piss out of his appearance? Yeah, he is also wearing, like, a cowboy hat and snowboarding sunglasses in this, though. So, like, he's having a bit of a laugh. But it doesn't matter. (laughs) Honestly. For some reason, it matters a lot to me that you have made that accusation against him. That it's a fake beard? Yes. Look. Because that, to me, just takes away the intrigue and the mystery surrounding (laughs) the man. Unless unless it was a look that he adopted for a while, that is a lot of effort for a three-minute video. Yeah, but, like, what the fuck else were you going to do in lockdown? <sighs> I guess. I am going to maintain that it's real. Let me have a look. Let me... Let me... Oh, that could be real. That's a pretty high-up beard. That Yeah, that's a good point. Mm. Oh, well. Oh, well. He might... Look, he might have, like, good beard genes, I guess. I guess we can just both go with our separate narratives. I don't know. It kind of looks real, though. I just, I don't understand why it wouldn't be. That your mate, you are... Why would, why is Fred Durst going around with a toupee? Writing songs called Dad Rock. I don't know. Why is he doing the things that he's doing? Who knows? Who knows? Midlife crises are cruel and strange phenomenon. He seems like a real one. Like, he has apparently backed the people who made allegations of abuse against Marilyn Manson and it's been like, yeah, it's true. Who has Boland? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm so not I'm like, not I'm not shitting on his character. But you are. <laughs> I'm you sorry. Realize, you realize a beard doesn't make a person, right? The beard maketh the man. <laughs> And you were you were getting wide with I'm, Wes Borland. And- I'm pretty sure he played for Marilyn Manson at one point. Like, that- so all the more power to him. I'm not, I'm not just sort of backing. Him yeah, a- that's what I mean. Yeah, yeah.
Um, Brass Against, featuring Maya Azucena. Uh, this is, I, I put it up thinking you will either think it's fine or just hate it because of, because it's kind of gimmicky. So what do you think of it? It's because we have talked about these guys before when we were covering... Killing, not killing, in the, uh, gorilla, gorilla Radio. That's right. And I guess I feel the same way about this as I do about that cover. Like, it's executed well. It does what it says on the box. It's clever. Mm. Um, and I guess it sort of elevates this track a bit more than the other covers purely because it's got horns yep. in the literal and metaphorical sense. Yeah. And you wouldn't call it like it's, it's horns, but it's not scar because, because no. the guitar's not like reggae style. Not um, like up picking. Yeah. Whatever. Up picking. That's, um, that's exactly, that's exactly what scar guitars are. It's just all up picking. Not really, but like, yeah, like it's, it's, it's cool. Yeah. I like it. I wouldn't um, listen to this all day, though. No, This no, would just do my head no, in. No. I do appreciate that Brass Against is is the instruments, the like the instrumentalists, and then they bring in, from what I've seen, they bring in a singer yeah, every time. it's cool. Yeah. This is sort of like the best possible outcome of those. Imagine this cover, but if they did it in this style. And um, from what I've seen, they give... A lot of chance, like they get a, give a lot of time to people of color, yeah, as well. Like the two, the two times we've spoken about them, they've brought in, um, you know, African American women or like yeah, people of color mm. to do the singing part of it. So yeah, yeah. So yeah, I like it. Like it's generally not my cup of tea, but for what it is, like it's very clever and well executed. Would you have liked it if there was some up picking? Fuck no, <laughs> I. Yeah. I don't know. I'm just, at the moment, I'm just not in the headspace to listen to Scar. Fair. And, yeah, I think that would have tipped me over the edge. <laughs> I, I don't know what the starting thing, like, it was probably just having to DM Maya on Twitter. Oh, but um, so weird. Yeah, I think that would have just been too much for the day. I would have had to cancel out on skating and just curl it up in, like, a cool, dark room. Well, we can't have that. Not on a Friday night. So let's just end it there then. Hell yeah yeah or yeah nah? Look, I'll give it a hell yeah purely because we got to talk about Dave Navarro and Frankie Muniz. Yeah. Um, And X Games. Yeah. Look, it's it's fine, but it doesn't warrant a hell nah. Like, it's completely unoffensive and somewhat enjoyable. So I'm just going to overcorrect and say hell yeah what about you i'm the same and of course i think the sparks the rescue one doesn't do anything worse than the original so that's that's also a hell yeah and and by looking at it a lot of other people seem to have taken something from this yeah which more power to you um so yeah it's it's a hell yeah for me of course i'm kind of always happy to talk about dave navarro the enigma that's dave navarro in hindsight, it's kind of funny that one of the two, like, quote, original covers for X Games has a hook that just says, like, cash in now. Like, that's pretty yeah. funny. Yeah. I don't know if that was intended or not, but I'm going to pretend that it was. Sure. Um, yeah. So thank- this is... Oh, sorry. I was going to say thank you for listening, and that is it for me. And for me, this has been Mountain Song. Coming down the mountain. <laughs>